<laughs> We're on TV. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. This is Bill Wilson, also known as Mr. Murfreesboro. We're here in the studios at WGNS 1450 AM and 101.9 FM Talk Radio. And uh, Lady K's back. I think this is the first time. It's been a while since we've been in the studio together. It has. It has. Has it been, what, three weeks or so? I don't know, but I've been missing the magic. Missing the magic. Got to make the magic happen. I'm excited about uh, tonight's show. Is everything going good in your world? Are you so good? All the kids are. Such a good weekend. Did y'all, uh, what'd y'all do? You know, we didn't, we did a bunch of nothing. A bunch of nothing? Well, a bunch of projects, you know, it was one of those kind of weekends. and. You had your first closing, didn't you? Uh, you know what? I said I had my first closing, and then Amy, my boss, said that was not your first closing. That was just your first listing you closed. So I'll have to print out a retraction on my Retraction? Face. Do a little <laughs> disclaimer. Well, congratulations but anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this Dalton's in the house. What's up, Dalton? You want to say something? This old producer of ours. Uh, I don't have much to say, but I'm here. And so. you've gotten married since the last time you were up here. No, since, since I've since I've been here. Well, yeah, I guess I have. So I um a year and a half, last February was my last Sunday afternoon shift. So it's okay. been a year and a half almost. And All then right. I got married last April. So All I've right. been married over a year now. So cool. well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, You've been married, made it what a year longer than you ever made it. <laughs> no, we're, we're not going. We're not going into Lord Lady K. Just start right off. I told you, hey, I missed the magic. Hey, let's talk about our guest tonight because. We, <laughs> yeah, I think I think you better. He's <laughs> a local legend, and probably what's kind of cool is I ran in. And I've known this cat for probably thirty or forty years however long he's known his wife it's been a long That's, time yeah. yeah yeah uh but i admire this guy we've known each other he's been a, a businessman he's a marathon the marathon man the ultra marathon man he loves cars fast cars and um just got back what a few weeks ago from nepal where he had uh climbed up to the uh base camp at mount everest and he we're going to talk about that tonight and all sorts of stuff but it's david jones thanks for taking your time out to be on our show welcome well, in hey, I'm, I'm glad i'm humbled to be here that you asked me i, I told my brother before he came up that i guess bill's run out of guest to, <laughs> oh, to, to, to request palmer to come talk. up <laughs> <laughs> coach that would, a lot of people don't know that but palmer is your brother and that's charlotte's right. your sister that's correct yeah. and uh david is famous uh, through his mom, Miss, Mrs. Jones, Jones Car Wash. And I was just telling David, every time I went to get my car wash, she would, Bill, I need you to sign up for uh, something about giving to DARE, the D.A.R.E. program. She was she was such a sweetheart. And if you wanted to know something of what was going on in Murfreesboro, go to Jones Car Wash. You're exactly right. At least, oh. at least she thought she knew what was going on. She anyway. was a sweetheart. She, she was. I appreciate you saying that. She was a remarkable woman. So, she made everybody feel like you were so special when you walked. She did. In. She was a, a, a legend. Um, so where do we start, man? I've had people text me. I mean, this hour's probably not long <laughs> enough for us to cover what we want to cover because I just found out some stuff that I didn't know about you. 
You should write a book, man. We're not going to. We'll save that for another time. I've heard I've, people always mention, "Hey, you ought to write a book," because everybody writes books, you know. But I said, if I, if I wrote a book, it, I'd probably name it "Are You Still Running?" because that's what most people ask me. Because I'm I'm 71 now. I've been doing this a long time, and of course, Pally. You know, she was that would running, be his she, wife. Yeah, my wife. She's well, we were married 40 years in October, and she was running before we started dating. So she she tells everybody she kind of. Uh, opened me up to all this running and released a, an animal. Uh, are you, you people know. would know, are you crazy? Is that it? Part of it is just that, is it the high that you get or, or is it the accomplishment? I'm going to do this. When did it start at a young age or? No, not really. I, you know, Chris Bill, you remember back when we, back in, I mean, being 71, when we played basketball and baseball, which I did in high school. You know, running was relating to punishment because when you screwed up <laughs> in a play or you made a mistake, they, the coach would say, you know, give me five, give me ten. Run so, the rafters, yeah. yeah. So you we really didn't like running because you, you related it to punishment. Then when I got 30, uh, you know, I, I wasn't playing basketball, baseball, so I thought, you know, I need to try to get in shape. So I went out at MTSU, and I think I went around the quarter-mile track and uh, thought I was going to die. So you know there is hope for everybody. <laughs> so, but but Pally, when we started dating, she she was already running, and uh, I started running some with her. So we did five Ks, ten Ks, and it just evolved, and and then got into a marathoning, and then got into ultra running, and then I got into doing the ultras, the hundreds. You you're old enough to remember Sports Illustrated. Yes, yes. And you've, was, you've been in that before. Yeah, in 1997 when I won the Badwater race in 1997 at, at age 45, um, I was in. I featured in the, the 1997 Sports Illustrated, and then also I never got a copy of it. But when I did the race, that GQ magazine of Europe. Covered, Look at, covered, and you are GQ, man. Wow. No, I no, I don't know. I'm no close. I'm not GQ. <laughs> they, they just happened to be there, and I just happened to win. So they were covering the, the front runner, and I, that just happened to be me that year. Tell us where is that bad what, and tell us what does that include? I mean, the bad what is it just running, swimming, biking? What is it? You know, it's it's just running. Uh, they, it's supposed to, it's built as the toughest foot race in the world, and uh, the race director is a guy named Chris Cosman. And uh, matter of fact, he took the race over in 2000. I ran. I first ran Badwater in '95. But the race is it's a 135 mile race. It starts in the lowest part in the continental United States, Death which, Valley. In Death Valley, there's a place in Death Valley which is actually called Badwater, and there's a sign there that shows 282 feet below sea level. So that's actually at that sign is where the race will start, and it'll start. I'm going again in about 30 days from today to, to attempt my uh, 12th. Uh, Wow. Bad water, but and, and then you run uh, over three mountain ranges uh, through Death Valley in the hottest week of the year. They usually record the hottest temperature mm. in the first or second week of July. It's so, wow. and then it ends in uh, a place called uh, Long Pine at Foothills. You go up and you, it ends at nine thousand feet at uh, Mount Whitney. Yeah, which, Mount Whitney, which is the highest con- place in the continental United States. We stop at nine thousand. Of course, Whitney's a little over fourteen thousand. And what high. state is that in? 
Well, it, it starts in uh, it's, it's California. Death Valley's California. Yeah, it is right. in California, Lone Pine, California. And it stays in California. I yeah, mean. yeah. It's, but it's 135 miles. 135 do, miles. Do you see mirages? I think of Bugs Bunny. That's a mirage <laughs> up front. Did, did you What's see it? any mirage? Did you start well, hallucinating? You know, Have I, you ever hallucinated? I'm not talking about college and high school days. I'm talking about <laughs> where you've run so much. I you know, remember those I've days. heard stories that you would uh, collapse, and then Pally would stick you with an IV, and like one of those... Uh, not a blow-up doll, but you know what I'm talking about. The thing that you punch, and you would just come alive, no, well, you lose know, your toenails. I mean, give well, us some good stories here. Yeah, yeah. I used to lose two or three toenails, and so finally, about 12, 13 years ago, I surgically removed all my toenails, so I wouldn't have that problem anymore. Oh, my goodness. I did them all. So no all, more pedicures. Did all 10 in one day, and yeah, so I don't have any toenails. Uh, but it, it was the best thing I've ever done. But uh, I wouldn't advise it for no. everybody. But no ingrown toenails. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah, it, you do. I have hallucinate. The thing is strange about hallucinate, and I've done that at Badwater on the 135 mile race. But you don't. The first time I hallucinated, I guess, was in 1997. Uh, out at Badwater. But you, what you don't realize, you you don't realize you're hallucinating. At the time you're losing it, <laughs> I didn't realize it for two days later. I, I had seen a bridge and an equipment uh, specifically on that that night at probably about 115 miles in the race. But I, in the desert, things don't seem like you ever get to it. So I never could get to the bridge, and then it finally went away. I didn't think about it's it anymore. Peyote, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but two days later, driving back after the race was over, driving back across the desert, I kept looking for the bridge and and. That made sense. Why would it be a bridge in the desert? But so that's when I realized I hallucinate. But I did hallucinate again uh, in two years ago uh, at about 115, 20 miles. When you're when you're so tired and your body's just kind of give out. I, I kept weaving to the middle of the road because I was falling asleep, running, that's trying to run. Being a conservative, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but I couldn't. I, I kept going to the right. But anyway, long story short, I then it, I was trying to figure out how to stay straight. Well, then all of a sudden, there's about nine or ten brown rocking chairs lined up right to my right shoulder that I, I couldn't go to the right anymore. And I kept seeing those rocking chairs. I knew they weren't real, but but they kept me straight. I kept seeing these rocking chairs. So wow, it's uh-huh. rock of ages. Hey, whatever, what, works, whatever works. Whatever works. That's Isn't right. that wild? I lady. wonder why you and why you imagined the bridge. I wonder what that. You know, I think it's just out there. Simon Garfunkel. Yeah. Unless you've been there, I mean, that's. I think that's why people do these these events. Um, unless you've been there, it's hard to explain. But you really go to a place that you just. I think it's. I don't want to use the word addictive. Because um, everybody, I've heard you yeah. go to a plateau. Yeah, yeah, but but you you kind of you push yourself to that point, to that limit, yeah, to that limit, and and it's kind of neat that you you discover when you get to that point. There's a point that you want to quit, and then at that point you got to make a decision either to you, you quit or you or you move on, right. and that's a head game, and that when you get to that point it's when you really know what the decision you make is you kind of find out what you're made of why have you ever been afraid that you were going to die or had a moment like i'm done at everest i did (laughs) but 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 yeah i mean i've i've dnf'd uh, bad water didn't finish right um two two times was ego Uh, i had ran it and 
when I was younger and I, went, I, I wouldn't at the time I wanted to be at a certain spot. I knew I could run 135 miles, right. but I wasn't where I needed to be. Uh, at that time, I said, well, no need suffering another 80 miles if I'm not going to beat my time I did last time. Then I, then I had a, a DNF from a physical uh, situation with a hip one year. I remember yeah. that. But my crew, and, and I, I don't, I got to mention crew. You know, you have to have a crew. Right. And Pally's my crew chief, and she understands running because she's an accomplished runner on her own. And and then the, uh, usually my other two crew members are all runners. Um, a girl named Mary Marshall goes most all the time. Pally's sister and and Sally Paul, and Paul went Paul. in ninety five, ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, but the crew. They leapfrog you and give you nourishment, whatever you need. Uh, IV. Well, you can't have IVs. Uh, the first year you could, I had an IV and, you, and, and run. They encouraged IVs. Then in '95, after '95, they outlawed that. So everybody, you had to finish uh, on whatever fluids you take in. Right. IV just would disqualify you. Wow. We're, you want to take us out? We're going to take a break. Oh sure. We'll be right back with more from David Jones. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Rhonda McQuarrie with Primus Mortgage has been in the mortgage business for over 30 years. A multi-year Ruthie Award-winning mortgage loan officer and a proud member of the MTSU 1989 graduating class. Specializing in all kinds of mortgage products and taking pride in going the extra mile. Personally, taking great care with her customers. Call 615-419-9193. That's 615-419-9193 or check out her website, loansbyrhonda.com. Rhonda McQuarrie, Primus Mortgage, NMLS 628407. At Lawyers Land and Title, we are a full-service title company committed to making real estate transactions go smoothly. We provide residential and commercial real estate services and have a team of on-site lawyers available to provide legal services. Let us help make your next real estate transaction stress-free. Visit us at lltitle.com or call us at 962-8971. Lawyers Land and Title, located at 5 North Walnut Street.
Old Stone Fort Golf Course is the place for you to get away for the day to play golf. Located right next to the beautiful Duck River and only five minutes from I-24. Whether you're a beginner or avid golfer, Old Stone Fort Golf Course is ideal for you. Golf carts are available and there is a golf shop. You can play nine holes for $9 and kids 12 and under play for free. They are located at 1017 Country Club Lane in Manchester, Tennessee. You can call for a tee time at 931-954-0366. You can also follow Old Stone Fort Golf Course on Facebook. A moving company you can trust. Next Step Moving. We want to get you from where you are to where you're going with no stone left unturned. We hold ourselves accountable to three pillars of business. Integrity, transparency, and service. Residential and commercial moving, business relocation, and more. Call 615-499-0361 or visit us online at nextstepmovingllc.com. Welcome back to the Mr. Murphy's World Show. This is Bill Wilson. I'm here with Lady K. Whoop, whoop. And uh, <laughs> our guest, we were fixing to get in, uh, uh, David Jones, who's a, a legend. Let's just say legend with, <laughs> what, with the movie. Us runners say legend in our own minds. Not really. I have a nasty. It's a, this is a, I'm a hobby guy. I'm you just, know Brian Elrod? He's one of... They call him Gazelle. He 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 was uh, ran with like Mark Hardison that whole crew. Do you know Ray Singer? He's a good friend yes, of mine. Yeah, I know Ray's Ray. A, yeah, I see Ray on the Greenway quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get into Everest, man, because you just I saw this cat. I was over at um, where were we? It was at Nukes, man. I was like, you you were you hadn't left for Nepal yet. I was like, when you come back, you've got to come be on our show. How recent was this? That was a couple months ago, wasn't it? I got back uh, April the. 13 14 so i was I, I left i was over there from i left around march 21st and was there and, and flew back supposed to have been there to about uh, april 17th 18th but it worked out we mountaineering when you're hiking and trekking you, you know it's no real schedule the weather kind of dictates what you're going to do and mm. there's a lot of different things going on which I, I wasn't i'm not a mountain climber i'm an ultra runner but this was on my bucket list that's what got me interested in, in Everest. So you've been thinking about it. And tell us, how long didn't you have to, when you got over there, didn't you have to get your lungs used to the yeah, air? Did, yeah. Or did you do that? You trained, what, for a year? Well, you know, because I, I run 100 miles, 80, 100 miles a week, every week, and have for years. And uh, so I'm, I was in condition. I wasn't worried about the physical side of it, but I, I, I wasn't a hiker. So I started, I hiked and kept running and hiking to get ready for it because um, hiking and running two different Barfield days. Park where would you go Tiger Hill I, I, no I'm kidding I did I, actually, did you do? Tiger I, actually, Hill's I did, tough I did Tiger Hill I've done Hill. that before I did Tiger Hill uh, with the 30 pound pack I went out there and went up and down and up and down for about 3-4 hours uh, I did do that and uh, that was the only thing around here And uh, but just put in some, some hiking miles and, and hours uh, stay out 6-7 hours hiking and so trying to get ready for it but the, as far as acclimatization for the altitude there's nothing to replace that is you just got so it takes us climbing making the the climb uh, you have to we go from village to village and we'd stay in one village at maybe 10,000 feet for a night then we'd go up to 13 stay a night or two then we'd get on up to 14 15 stay two three nights 
So it's just time so to acclimate. You time, can't really. Your body has to acclimate to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. What are the guys' names? The sh- not Shupa. Serpas. Sir. Yeah, they come to Serpas. Tell huh? us the story because you you actually had somebody who yeah passed. Ev- yeah, yeah. Ever everybody, every tracker and or climber. Some of the climbers have two Serpas, but. Uh, uh, you have to have a Serpa, and Nepal now is, is mandating that. But um, what they do is we, we took for the, our, our track up to Everest, uh, we had uh, what they call a day pack or carrying about 30 pounds because the weather changes. you got to have stuff in there. Just like that. Yeah, you got to have stuff. you got to have, you know, uh, Gore-Tex for rain. you got to have uh, the heavy puffs for uh, now uh, for if it gets really cold, which it can turn quickly. So you're, you're on and off with that stuff all the time. And then the Serpas, your main big pack that you have for the three weeks that you're there, you have to have quite a few things. So they carry those on to your next village for you. Uh, and then you, you will hike that day toward base camp and toward Everest. Uh, you'll, be, you'll hike for seven or eight hours till you get to the next village. And then you'll spend the night there. It's it's just cold though. It's I mean, you never get warm. Any electricity or anything? You know they they have some generators. They have some wood stoves in little villages where you eat. But but they they burn yak dunk for fuel in the wood stoves, and that's precious to them. They they won't use it and they won't light a wood stove uh, until it's really late at night. And and you and even in your little room, which is nothing, it's it's just four by four plywood basically. Um, there's nothing warm in it. You, you get in your sleeping bag and you put a boiling hot water thermos in the foot of your sleeping bag to hopefully try to keep you a little warm uh, during the night. Wow. So it's just it's just cold. Uh, and you can get and pay for some really nicer uh, trips. But, you know, I wanted to experience, uh, you know, Everest. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I went with five climbers. Uh, I wanted to see their, what their mentality was, and in the back of my mind, you know, I'd, I, I was uh, my bucket list was to always see Everest up close and personal in the Kumba Ice Falls, so that was my motivation. I t- checked that off my bucket list, but uh, I also wanted to go with five some climbers that were going to summit because I wanted to see what their mentality was versus ultra running mentality. What's the difference between the two? Or? They're, they're they're crazy. They're, they're, no. <laughs> I mean, no, I, you know. Seriously, I, I earned. Uh, seriously, uh, they earned my respect. They're very courageous people. But they, when you're sitting around at night on the villages, um, talking, there's not a lot to do. You're just cold and, and hungry, and uh, you know they would just talk about friends that passed on this mountain or friends that passed out passed oh, by way on this mountain or because you pass up, you're not coming down. Well, more than likely. I mean, up there, I mean, you, you really kind of, if you're going to try to summit, you kind of got, I mean, you're either successful or you, you have to come back down. Um, or, or in some cases, of course, they you die. I think they yeah. hit, hit third. This is a, a very high death rate for this season. They, I think, uh, as of yesterday, I think there were 13 or 14 deaths, and they have five more people missing, I believe. Mm. And typically, it'll be because of the weather, or they're, it, it, they get blown off the mountain, or have a heart attack. I mean, it's several things. Yeah, it, it seems like uh, there are falls, of course, but it seems like it, statistically, if you look at it, uh, the majority, uh, it's a uh, health, it's, there's a lot of different disease over there. I got conjunctivitis in both my eyes. Mm. Uh, I got a, what they call the Kumba cough. That's the Kumba Valley. And, and the Kumba cough, 
it's not contagious, but it usually comes one of the symptoms of, of the brain swelling a little bit against the brain stem. Mm-hmm. So I, I got that about four or five days into the hike, but we kept monitoring it, and hopefully it wouldn't get worse. And one of the five climbers, uh, he and I became I got close with all of them. You, right. When you spend that kind of time, you bond pretty quick. Right. And uh, Jonathan, uh, Dr. Sugarman, who was out of Seattle, he was a retired physician, 69, and he, he and I buddied up, and he, he helped me with my eyes. He even went to a little infirmary with me, and we found some antibiotics and uh, to treat my eyes. So now you can't see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you actually, got two actually, Pat Jones. Come here. <laughs> my, you know, I, I had really had pus coming out of both eyes, uh, and so that I got the antibiotic, and then, then I didn't think about it, but at night when I got in the sleeping bag, I had to treat my eyes three times a day, and so I had to, the hot water it would get cold by morning time but when i woke up if it was so cold my eyes would be frozen together so i had to get the water out of the hot water bottle to get my eyes to open your eyes oh my word open my eyes so it was it was it was kind of crazy there was times i was i was thinking yo this is voluntary what what am i doing this for but but, you know i i want to reach my goal of seeing you're part of your bucket list but let me ask you this and i've heard this i'm the cost to do this, it varies. I've heard it was for somebody, it could be fifty thousand, it could be a hundred thousand. I mean, just to do it, it's yeah. it's 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 not cheap. But um, yeah. again, you get to knock that off your yeah, it's list. off your bucket list. The guys are going to summit. Uh, every every uh, company charges different. It depends on their location and so forth. But uh, I think um, the average cost for the guys who are going to summit, not counting what their personal expenses, is usually about sixty five thousand. Sixty five. There are some less expensive companies, but it's um, you kind of I found I didn't realize this, but after doing this and being on the mountain and, and being at base camp in Cumulus, uh, uh, ice falls, uh, been around camp. You get what you pay for. So if, if, right. you, ever, if you ever want to climb Everest, uh, don't don't go with with the save uh, up with the go with the low beam. ABC climbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Murfreesboro climbing. Come on, it'll be a hundred dollars. You do get what you pay for, but that's a business too for them. That's how they it, it, eat. Really, it, it really is, and 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 they like uh, our company had five climbers and only two made it, uh, and. Sad to say, it was bittersweet. Jonathan, who uh, was the retired physician, he passed away at uh, base camp two. Oh no! Um, the guy we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He from passed, yeah. from Washington. Yeah, yeah. Really, really. Mm-hmm. really I'm sorry. Really, really nice guy. He but uh, he he passed away at camp two, and uh, the results that appear to be uh, altitude related. Altitude sickness. It, it just comes so quickly, and everybody's body's different, so it, it comes quickly, and apparently it came it came on him. He just got sick and right. You know, a sad commentary. Let me go okay. ahead. Well, go ahead, so how are you communicating with your loved ones and letting people know you're okay, or are you at all? Is there you know, uh, well, there's, there's really a, you can take a satellite phone. Uh, the the Serpa, our head guide, uh, Panuru was his name. He had climbed ever sixteen times, wow. mm. and uh, he had a satellite phone to orchestrate with the porters and to orchestrate all the uh, stuff going on at base camp. But um, individuals, we had about six days. Uh, I know my wife on April, I talked to her on April the 3rd, I think it was. And I let her know for the next six days I wouldn't be able to communicate. Right. So it's a little unnerving. And, and, and really, Climate Everest and, and, and is really a selfish 
kind of a selfish thing. I, I, when I, you have a lot of time to think when you're laying in at, in those in sleeping tent. bags at night and freezing. You have a lot to think about, and a lot of times I just I turn on my phone, you know, and just look at my wife's picture. Uh, because you're sitting there, you're freezing. You're thinking, you "Did know, you cry? Why am I here?" No, I never uh, cried. Cry. <laughs> okay, Pally, I'm just he trying. Could, I, he, he does care about cry. you. Forty years. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Freeze right no, no, Pally, listen. <laughs> okay. I, I know that sounds. That sounds. You're climbing Everest, and it sounds kind of like a wimpy. But you know, uh, the wimpy kid. You, yeah, you're sitting. You're sitting there, and it's freezing, and there's ice on your top of your tin, and and uh, you're you're cold, and your cough had a kuma cough by then. My, my eyes were had pulse running out of them, and. Uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, you don't want me doing, but oh, it, it's, it's kind of sad. could I have a V eight? It is, yeah, it is it. <laughs> but it's kind of a little bit of a, it's kind of a selfish uh, uh, thing, I guess. How I, do you I, I do how do you pick somebody? Okay, it's your life on the line. How do you pick uh, trust somebody to get you to get you over there or? Yeah, or uh, all yeah. this is it Serpa or Sherpa? Serpa, yeah. Serpa, okay. Yeah. Or is it somebody referred to you, somebody you knew that night, and they say, hey, talk to these people? Or was it you just like all pin the tail up. on the donkey? No. Look, they're all lined up like picking for dodgeball, and you're like, right. I'll okay, take that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you You probably I know you probably studied it. You, well, you no, had it. You no, got really, it together. Actually, really, I didn't. Uh, uh, if I did again, I, I, I would probably put more time into it. But I had uh, always wanted to do Everest, and and I had actually uh, originally looked at Adventure Consultants, which was a company that uh, had the uh, tragedy in 1996. You probably most people will always know it when they think of Everest, they think about into thin air. There was a book and movie into right. thin air, and and uh, that was uh, Adventure Consultants was the company that uh, had that. Uh, they lost several. Yes, we have Rob Hill. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, Rob Hill's wife was in was in uh, Namjay when we were uh, tracking up to Everest. Uh, she a was few there. Weeks ago. She was there doing a documentary on something, but uh, of course his body's he's his body's still there. But when I was uh, looking, I was thinking about doing that, uh, going uh, with them, but ended up going with IMG, uh, and. Uh, it, it was it was a great company. I have nothing right. I can say negative about them. They're a very good company. Wow. I probably should study more though because we there's several different ways you can track to base camp. There's what we call the Everest Base Camp Highway, and we were on that some, but for the climbers we detoured off of that. And even though you're climbing on all routes to the base camp, you're climbing in the, in the train and, and the trail is is uh, rough. Uh, you have to concentrate on each step because you can go down anywhere. Right. There's crevices and all sorts of stuff. But we uh, we took a couple detours uh, to go through a couple villages off the main, what they call the Everest Base Camp Highway, and over two more mountain ranges. And it was a little it was a little unnerving. Not me, not being a climber. We got into a couple situations where we had quite a bit of exposure off to our right. Right. Uh, where we had about 18-inch trail that we were literally on all fours going up, and we'd had a whiteout the night before, snow and ice. And, of course, I didn't have crampons. I'm tracking. I didn't think there was any reason for them, and they didn't tell us we had to have them. And then the climbers that were with us, they had already sent theirs to base camp. So when we got over that section, even the climbers said, man, we needed our crampons. That was dangerous. I mean, we were a little nervous for them. I thought, well, man, if you guys, if it bothers you guys, <laughs> right. you can imagine what, exactly. what it did to me. Because it's hard when you're on about 18-inch ledge and you see 4,000 feet off to your right of your shoulder and you know. If, our father who art in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's yeah. a cramp? 
crampons? Yeah, the crampons, which are just, they just, they just cramp into the ice and oh, snow. Okay. They just, yeah, they just have teeth to them. And, uh, and they're just in your hands or on your feet? They're on your feet. Oh, no, on your just feet. Just on your okay. feet to, okay. to help you uh, grip. And so we were on all fours uh, on for about an hour in some of that where we took a diversion route. Right. So had I known I was going to take the diversion route, <laughs> I'd so you, that was I, something that happened. You didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and and I think that just goes. You with didn't the, prepare they, for that. I didn't prepare for that. That goes with the turf. But you know, there was people behind me and and in front of me, and there's four thousand foot, five thousand foot drop off to the right shoulder. So you did, you couldn't go Clean down. Clinging stone right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You can't go down. You can only go. Yeah, right. I had to go up, so I didn't have any choice. That's, mm. and that's that's the only time I guess. You, you couldn't know, back out. You at couldn't that back. Point. It's yeah. only time, it, and and really, after I got through all of that, it, it made me realize that's the only time I guess, really in my life that I've, my hand, my life, I realized, was in my hands. If if I didn't have a good grip when yeah. I let, when I pushed off, you know, Ripperducci. Yeah, you you could have actually died. And, yeah. Or what about the person ahead of you too? If they were to slip, they could knock you right off. Exactly. Too. That's what I'm saying. These the mountaineers that they. They kind of almost take that outcome as part of their sport. You asked me earlier about running. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've, you know, bad water, and you you feel bad, but you can you can stop if if you have to. You, a person could, but no one that I'm aware of has ever died running bad water. Right. Well, let me ask you this because uh, Todd Newberry had a question. Yeah. Um, what's over at Everest? Is there a certain age they won't allow? Like you, you're too young or 2-0 i mean is there mm, that's a good question there's a good question I, i'm not aware about the uh, i know there's not as far as age nepal and and they have been criticized a little bit and even every even this year every year they they will issue permits and they issued 446 permits i think on the nepal side and of course the chinese are issuing some on the other side to come up that route but on the south cal route um which is the nepal side uh they issue 446 permits so you uh and i don't know that there's an age young or old uh, i mean because uh, i'm 71 and I, I but i wasn't getting a permit to summit but know that i think uh you know there's some 74 75 people year old people that have mm-hmm. attended are you summit. done with everest are you done i told my wife i was you know i after <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's a really weird thing. It, it, it's got a strange draw to it. And, and I was definitely glad to get home where it was warm uh, and rethink it. But there's something kind of weird that draws you after experiencing that. And then, of course, with Jonathan uh, passing, uh, that was really heartbreaking. It was, sure. it was kind of emotional. And uh, had two, two people summon it. One, got, one of the other, Mike, got sick. And then uh, one of the other climbers uh, after Jonathan passed, emotionally he 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 just turned it in and came back down and said he wasn't going to do it. And, right. And uh, but it, it's it is a, they were laughing at night when we were sitting around talking. And I was telling how crazy they were, and they said, "Yep, you'll be back." And, it, and it's, it's got a funny draw to it, but yeah, I, I don't. Know, I, like I said, I think it'd be very selfish of me to probably to do that. But but we're not ruling it out. So. Uh, <laughs> so when you do you can come back and tell us all about it yeah, but uh yeah. what about what about how long are they up there when they get to the summit and how big is the summit is it it's, it's, it's not, not very big not no not at all but you know you'll you'll see and, and most people have seen pictures that you know, there could be 10 or 15 people depends on uh, when they all get there it's it's really a lot of i'm not going to say politics but 
you have all these tracking, all these companies, and like you say, you've got 446 people trying to get the top, and each one of them has one SERPA, a SERPA or two SERPAs mm. with them. Right. Uh, so it's you, crowded. Yeah. And, and your window to summit is changes every year, and the window depends upon the weather. So this year they had a very good window. They, they started about, uh, I think it was May 13th, 12th or 13th, and it went through uh, May 23rd. I think a couple people summited it. So um, I don't know the total number that has summited this year, but um, it, it, it is it's crowded, and that's what makes it dangerous. And that's uh, my understanding is where a lot of the deaths take place is on the rope. You've mm. got all these people trying to go up yeah and you've we've all seen pictures of that where they're on the rope and there's congestion and uh that's where i think in 2019 had 11 people down the rope just suffocated because they couldn't panic well they couldn't go up couldn't go down they ran out oxygen right and Mm. they couldn't get other oxygen so that's the reality up there that you have to to deal with if you do that you i mean it's it's a, pushing it to the limit in it yeah it is to I mean, the limit to the edge of the you got to really want it and some people want it uh, i think one of the ladies that passed away i was reading an article that passed away she, she wanted to be the first lady she was 59 with a pacemaker uh, to do it to do it this year and uh, she got really sick and still wouldn't listen to the doctors to take down to, mm. to go down right they finally forced her to put her on a helicopter and she she passed away uh, a lot of it's just somebody wanting to set a record if you want to set a record or ego that that's the wrong reason to be there i think most of the people like jonathan the people i was with they really truly wanted to you know they were focused on the mountain and becky was one of the climbers from uh, Boston, 29 year old really? young lady. Uh, we, we got to, when we got to Everest, got to base camp, I asked her, I said, Beg, so what do you think now looking at it in person? And she said, it's terrifying. And I think all of them realize, you know, what they're doing. Right. But, but she made it. And then Karen, a, 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 got to be good buddies of an Australian. He was about he was about thirty years old. And Where's my bloody kangaroo? Yeah, he was he was totally <laughs> focused. Uh, so he and Becky made it, and 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 uh, of course three of them didn't make it to the top. But mm. um, you got to be focused and really really want it uh, for the right reason. So were you having the same type of moment where you had to push yourself, same as in the the ultra marathons and things like that, where you had to just decide to keep going? You know, I did, but it was more where Badwater is mental and physically. Here, doing this to uh, base camp and uh, to the Kuma Ice Falls, it was more it was more mental than it was for me physically. I found physically I could do the climbs, and that with the altitude, you only have so much air. So the pictures you see of people taking one step at a time, uh, you do that. It dictates it. But as far as my muscles and everything else, uh, Badwater. Was, was more taxing to yeah. me mm-hmm. uh, physically uh, as far as the body but but having the lack of air and all the things that go with mm-hmm. that with the kumba cough and, and, and the fear and the of what you are facing and, and, and the, potentially yeah. that's, that's right and, and the fear you know that ex- the exposure drop-offs that's that's something they say you get used to i don't know i guess you do so what's next 
What are you going? What, well, you know what, what I mean? The <laughs> moon? Are you going water, to? I, I heard that you're, you're talking about getting a ride to the moon. You can. No, oh, man. I, I, huh? I, you know, that, that was the last kind of thing on my bucket list. My little car I got was on the bucket list, and then uh, uh, I always went. Like I said, what prompted this is I always went to see uh, Everest in person in my lifetime, and uh, you know, at, at seventy or seventy-one. If you got something you want to do, you you better start <laughs> get to getting. Better start getting to getting, you know. <laughs> wow. And so, uh, and even so, though in my mind I feel like I still feel like I'm 20, and that's dangerous, I guess. It's dangerous, but you're what is only as, as old or young as your heart, right? Yeah. In some you ways, know, it's, I think it is a number, but uh, you know, how I, many marathons have you run? Because you <laughs> hundreds. You know, that's that's a that's a good question. I I've ran hundreds of marathons in my training because I. On That's sa- training. On, yeah. yeah, on training, I, I run, like, uh, this Saturday, I ran 30 miles. I'll run 30 or 35 miles on Saturdays when I'm getting ready, like, for bad water. And, um, I'll just run a marathon to train. But you, <laughs> That's but your you, train. But you, but you have to. So, yeah, I've, I've ran hundreds of marathon distances. But as far as official marathons, you know, I, I've ran, I, I don't know, I, probably 50, 60 marathon, official marathons. And Pally's probably ran more marathons. I'm looking. Have you, you, have holding, you run you're this? You're holding up the peach tree. To, <laughs> well, you, the peach you, tree. You got, Meredith and I ran that yeah, you got nine peach, years ago. Yeah, Bill, you got a peach tree road sh- race shirt on, and now that medal I, is, uh, what, is, what is this? Is this that, is the half marathon. No, it's a, the Burrow Dash. Is it the Burrow Dash? Tenth anniversary. Yeah. Well, see, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, if you haven't run you it, you brought should really your try. Medal in here. Right. I hey, want it. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I've <laughs> Marissa, you're such an spaz. No, hey. Wait, no, I try no. to keep, you know. You, you left all got props here. See? Yeah, you I'm, I'm impressed. This was tough. Hey. 61,000 runners. It is. And I have a I got to give a shout to a cousin of mine, Becky in Atlanta. She and her husband Joe, they're runners. Up, not, they're, they're big marathoners too, okay. of retired military pilots. So uh, Meredith and I go down there, and we've been dating a year or so, and we we go down to Atlanta and stay with them. We take a subway from their house. It was like twenty miles into Atlanta, and I'm and in, I think it was in June. Well, it says here July. Whenever it says on here, July. If you've been to Atlanta, it's hot. Yeah, yeah, it's usually and, a and very the, hot race. The city's like this, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll. It was only a 10K? What was it, 10K? No, it's a 10K, yeah, yeah. Dude, I thought I was going to – I thought I was I was seeing mirages after, you know, <laughs> 500 feet. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I'm calling it. But, no, I made it through 60,000 runners. Meredith came in like five or 6,000, and I came in like 25,000. I mean – but, yeah, yeah, but I didn't run the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you, mean, you I cut finished? through. I cut through the alleys. Yeah. And you took short. Bill ran a one k. No, it's a two k. Short, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to yeah, say that you've done it. People, that's that's why people go down. It's a novelty to just say that you've done it, and you know, sixty-two thousand people. You can't move very fast when you get in six point two miles. And a guy from Mexico, I believe, won it in like tw- I don't know the minutes, like twenty something minutes or so. It may be longer than that, but it was barefoot. There's barefoot runners. Oh, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's kind of like the African runners who run barefoot. Uh, a guy named Kip Aquino, or who was the who was the big runner out of uh, Prefontaine? Yeah, yeah, Steve, Steve Prefontaine, who Prefontaine. ran for, for Oregon, the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a big. Yeah. big oh, he probably didn't have toenails if he was running barefoot. Yeah. He's not with us anymore, yeah. but yeah. he was one of the first uh, big runners. We're running. Yeah, Steve Prefontaine. In the yeah. 70s. Sure was. 
not every you know unless you're running from the law yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> i have no comment no here. comment <laughs> but uh man this is this is awesome well it's like the sherpas you know it, it, i was telling someone this morning there's such tremendous individuals and they're just a great people group of people uh, just so friendly, but their physical abilities is just amazing. Mm. We we're, we're doing all this with boots on and hiking, and it's cold. And and these uh, Sherpas are they're, blindfolded. They're, they well, they have they they have these. That's the only way they get pro- product and merchandise from village to village. There's no roads; it's just oh, trails. So there. So they've got 150, 200 pounds on their back, and they're you know five foot two, five foot three, and they only carry it a band around their head around their forehead that's what bears the weight and they're bent over and they and you have to get out of the way to let them go past you they're going so fast and probably 50 percent of the ones that i saw had on flip-flops wow you've been listening to david jones ultra marathon mount everest cat he's got it all together we're gonna take a break we'll be back here in about three minutes moving company you can trust next step moving we want to get you from where you are to where you're going with no stone left unturned we hold ourselves accountable to three pillars of business integrity transparency and service residential and commercial moving business relocation and more call 615-499-0361 or visit us online at nextstepmovingllc.com Old Stone Fort Golf Course is the place for you to get away for the day to play golf. Located right next to the beautiful Duck River and only five minutes from I-24. Whether you're a beginner or avid golfer, Old Stone Fort Golf Course is ideal for you. Golf carts are available and there is a golf shop. You can play nine holes for $9 and kids 12 and under play for free. They are located at 1017 Country Club Lane in Manchester, Tennessee. You can call for a tee time at 931-954-0366. You can also follow Old Stone Fort Golf Course on Facebook. At Lawyers Land and Title, we are a full-service title company committed to making real estate transactions go smoothly. We provide residential and commercial real estate services and have a team of on-site lawyers available to provide legal services. Let us help make your next real estate transaction stress-free. Visit us at lltitle.com or call us at 962-8971. Lawyers Land and Title, located at 5 North Walnut Street. Rhonda McQuarrie with Primus Mortgage has been in the mortgage business for over 30 years. A multi-year Ruthie Award-winning mortgage loan officer and a proud member of the MTSU 1989 graduating class. Specializing in all kinds of mortgage products and taking pride in going the extra mile. Personally, taking great care with her customers. Call 615-419-9193. That's 615-419-9193 or check out her website, loansbyronda.com. Rhonda McQuarrie, Primus Mortgage, NMLS 628407. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. 
Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Welcome back to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. This is Bill Wilson, a.k.a. Mr. Murfreesboro, and mm-hmm. I'm here with Lady Kay, and our guest has been none other than David Jones. Well, we got to have you back oh. so you can uh, – we haven't really covered put everything. All, put all your listeners to sleep. The things we were talking about out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. That, that would probably good, be a good, interesting show. Well, we could talk about skunks under the house, stuff like that. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Got the T-shirt, if they say. I got to ask a funny question. Okay, just thinking about going to all these little camps along the way. I know this is this funny question, but did they ever recommend like co-sleeping with someone if it gets too cold? Like, is that you you know what I mean? Not like you know. What to stay warm? Are you saying saying to stay warm? Do people, you know, was that kind of a protocol (laughs) ever? Y'all are laughing so hard. Kind of like naked and afraid, huh? Well, well, almost. (laughs) Like, if it does, it ever get cold enough where they're like, okay, you and you, you might, (laughs) you know. There's a couple nights I don't. They could have been pretty ugly. (laughs) They could have gotten in my sleeping bag because I was about to. It was cold, but. No, you know they. No one talks about. It. I mean, if, every night the the sherpas would boil water and have it on the table for you to put it in your thermos, and everyone was taking boiling water and throwing it in the foot of the sleeping bag, and and that would that would help a little bit. Yeah. But you you slept in your in most of your clothes, and the last six days none of us uh, changed clothes or took our boots off. No shower. No, I mean, you know, I had one shower, one shower all the time I was there. Dump some water on. That's oh, right. but that was awful. <laughs> had one shower. It, it cost, uh, uh, I think, a thousand rubies, which is uh, to take a shower. Yeah, seven, which is seven dollars and fifty cents. Wow. Uh, yeah. Would you put quarters in a thing in a no. mach- like a, oh, a no, bed no. back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish it, it was a. It was just a, a, a really like a hose pipe in a room, and you and they gave you twenty minutes, and you had to go in there fully clothed with everything. It took you almost that time to get all. Get, right. your, get your yeah. clothes off. Right. And but it was hot. It was hot water. It, it was hot water, uh, and uh, but you had had twenty minutes because uh, they just ran it off a generator. And but man, it, it really it did feel good. But yeah, you yeah. I thought when I got I thought Kathmandu was was kind of uh, rough. But man, when I got back to Kathmandu after this was over, flew back to Kathmandu in a helicopter and and uh, I went into the hotel and. Right. Kiss the ground. <laughs> well, I went in the room and I thought, "Oh man, this is mine. This room is, is mine." We're in the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really how I felt. I got in the shower and I just stayed there. I thought, "I hope they got that 724 uh, water system." You there. also uh-huh. talked while we're on the break. You said you were in. Tell us that story about uh, earthquake. Or- oh yeah, on, on, it was on April first, and we were about five days into the hike and we went to Panuru who was one of our guides he wanted us to visit his village so we went a different route and uh, on April 1st when we got into his village we were all sitting down in a little what they call a little tea room to have some hot tea because we just got off the trail and uh, 
about that time the building started shaking and Fanuru was sitting to the left of me he got up and took off running or I got up and took off running with him because I figured this is his village he knows what he's doing <laughs> well by the time all of us then everybody started running we got about halfway across the room and then the building everything just stopped and, and I looked at Fanuru and I said was that an earthquake and he said yep and then we all kind of sat around because we were down in this hole in this village. And then we thought, okay, are we going to have an avalanche? We, For so sure. We, so we were listening to see. So it, I thought, here it is, April 1st. I've got conjunctivitis in both eyes and the kumbaka. <laughs> and now there's is this, a bad, is this a bad omen, you know? I thought, did I, did I make a good decision here? But but anyway, but it was over and, and had nothing uh, nothing else occur. Mm. And uh, so it, it was it was an eventful it was very eventful so we're we've got about three or four more minutes sure. and thanks for taking your time to come up here hey and i appreciate share. it seriously i'm humbled by you even asking me and, and what i do is is really a hobby i tell everybody it's a hobby and and the people on the greenway i see and, and the battlefield i see really they, they really encourage me they don't realize that but they really encourage me and and so many of them like yourself use the word legend but i, mm-hmm. I you know i hear that and and it, it's it's almost comical to me and some people think I'm, you know I'm, I'm kind of uh I guess my family thinks it's kind of an addiction. Right. And I, I tell them it's just dedication. That's what Palmer says. Maybe. Yeah, and, and I tell them they just don't understand dedication and commitment. There's Does that a, mean I can drive the Ferrari? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, uh, just holler anytime. Just holler, See, know. that makes sense. I can't, I can't relate. So full disclaimer right now. What's on me? Oh. <laughs> full disclaimer. I, you know, I, I can't relate to what you're talking about, except – we whitewater kayak yeah and i'm not very good and i've done a lot of things i should not have done gotten hurt a couple of times but that i know that feeling you're talking about where you you want to push yourself mm-hmm. and you get that excitement but then you're also thinking is this selfish is this something i really can yeah. do should do how dangerous is it and then it b- does get in your head and there have yeah. been so many times that i've woken up and about to go on a run and it's like nope the river juju is not right, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. You yeah. just don't. It's not time to get in the river. Don't push yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've always told people one of, my, one of the best sayings that I, 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 look at, I think a lot when I run. People say, what do you think out there running all these miles? And, and I come up with a lot of different things. But, but you know, I, it's like you hear about the comfort zone. It's a very, you know, it's a very beautiful place, but nothing grows there. So I, I've always found, I've found in my life you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone with its training for a bad water training for an ultra or a marathon or 5k 10k you've got to be able to push yourself out of the comfort zone and and that's in i, I think that sounds like yeah. a life a life thing but we, you really do in order to grow you've got to get past that porn and right yeah a lot of metaphors you know coming out of very much doing. so they really that's is. that's cool yeah. you've, you've how many times you've run the boston marathon you know, were you up there when the bombing took place? Or I, no? I didn't run. Okay. I didn't. I, I, I last ran Boston '96, which was the hundredth run into Boston, and actually I almost finished with Bill Rogers, who they call Boston Billy. That's right. He and I ran together mile 24 and 25, and then he he decided to pick it up, and I couldn't keep up. Put with it. Him. Put it. In six he, and he was playing, and I was killing myself already. Right. <laughs> but uh, I've ran it five times. I've qualified every year in my age group since 1987. I just chose not to run it. It's it's gotten 
fairly big and, and I, I've kind of liked the smaller events now and, and ultras the RC Moon Pie Festival yeah 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 I did that <laughs> I, I, I did the that's annual family. I did the first one yeah I did the but first that's one but that's hey I, Ray has run it's, it. a, it's up and down it's a man. Hilly, yeah it's a tough course yeah I think I might try to do that what, what do you do when somebody's walking you just laugh at them because you would probably you would probably no, you, you you stop enjoying them they get more sense than we have <laughs> like what are you doing out here uh so you're running the badlands when are you doing well, that badwater badwater yeah, bad badwater is gonna be on july 4th this year first time ever um they try to pick the hottest week and uh Sounds so uh, you know they invite 100 runners throughout the world uh, and so I was fortunate enough. You had to put an application. They have like a Olympic committee of five, a right. committee that uh, goes through the applications. They had more applications, well over a thousand this year. And, and you're one of them. They were they were only taking 25 veterans that had ran the race before and 75 rookies. So I was I was thought I was fortunate to even get an invitation uh, to to come. So uh, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm dealing with a little bit of a, a, a meniscus tear right now, but. I'm dealing with how it. can we keep up with it on is it something espn or how do you keep up with uh, the can, results can, yeah you can and all you, that yeah you can actually follow it uh if you go to bad water, yeah if you go to badwater 135 online uh they have their site there and they put on uh, they sponsor about five different races and excuse me and the badwater 135 just click on that and it shows you the participants and 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 all the schedule of what's going on and you can you can follow the runners and if we come out and run on the greenway you'll talk to us (laughs) (laughs) stay away hey hey, i'm telling you uh everybody out there on the greenway i see different people different styles and shapes of all of us and and they're out there and and they don't even realize it when they pass me or or i'm going by um they give me encouragement uh because they're out there doing it yeah right so i just do it i draw my encouragement from those people they they don't even know so your motivation comes from all different places amen this is this has been great, and you you will come back at another time when you're. You know when you run out of anybody to bring to bring back <laughs> up here to your show, you just call me, Bill. I, you're, uh, we've known each other a long time, so you all you have to do is call. Oh, it's fascinating. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you, um, Lady Kay. You got any announcements or anything? I'm gonna start running again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna go out and run tomorrow. I like the way she thinks. Five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Hey, you've been listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show with Lady K, and thanks, everybody. Now go out and do something nice for somebody. God bless you. The Good Neighbor Network, WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. Flagship station for MTSU's.